What's up, fam? Welcome to the Flow State Outdoors podcast. And I just can't live without you. What do you mean? I just fucking took Sheila's advice. Listen to me every time. <laughs> Start off. My name is Andrew McKinstray. Before um, <laughs> anyone even wonders <laughs> who, the, who the man is on the audio, uh, my Instagram handle is AMCK Creative, which is also my business name. With a, a second leg off that, which is AMCK Photo, which is for the wedding business I also have for photo and film. Now, I'm not a personal plug to go check out my stuff, but just letting you know who I am because I may in fact be known as AMCK Creative as opposed to Andy or Macca most commonly. I have been in the creative space for probably a good nine or ten years now, playing cameras in both photos and more recently focusing more on the video side of things, which is where my business was forced to sort of be directed subject to the change in or the shift in in the business demand in that creative space or content space. So massive passion for photography that not unfortunately, but had to be switched and, and, and be moulded to accommodate for what employers were looking for at that given time. So that's sort of how that all came about. When did that come about? When do you reckon that change was? Because I'll, I reckon I'm- I reckon the biggest switch in in that that I noticed was probably back in maybe I, I reckon I'd give it a good seven years. There, everything was so. Photography, photography, photos, 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 and social media started feeding people video content and then the demand grew from there. So each business had to stay on top of that and keep up with the demand for the consumer level network wanting video. So I sort of had to pretend I also knew how to do video and got thrown in the deep end with that and I learned the hard way how to do it without asking for any help and sort of had to- Didn't want to ask or? I just- I sort of I, I talked the talk to get a job and I had to learn how to walk the walk really, really, really quickly. So I walked the walk the wrong way for a long time until I did ask for help. So you're right. I I definitely reached out. I think that's the best thing someone can do to learn something is either get in there and do it or or, or seek help and you know, I didn't even look at things like YouTube as a resource to better understand what I was doing. I was still reaching out to people that I knew personally that were open to helping me adapt and and to learn so it was a very a big mix up in the way that i i did things and at that time i was still working within the retail space and like i said i was i was given an opportunity to to be employed off the basis of being asked what i wanted to do as a job and my response was i wanted to play cameras um that's that's a it's a joke that I personally use for for a long time now as well. People ask me what I do for a job and I say I play cameras, which is in no way, shape or form the correct way to say I'm a photographer or a videographer, but it works for me. I also play fishing. <laughs> um, and I don't know, that it's something that's always just stuck for me and people kind of look at me and go, what the fuck are you even talking about? But that's what I do. I play cameras and I play fishing and sometimes I play both at the same time and they go hand in hand. So... Back in the early, early, early days, as I said, coming from a retail background, I worked in a skateboarding store. I've been a skateboarder for the better part of 15 years. Um, that's your original vice, eh? That's, that, that was me. That was 100%. Yeah. Skateboarding, that whole skateboarding culture. Started photographing skateboarding 
um, found out it was a lot easier to get stuff published photographing BMX because I don't think the caliber of BMX photographers in, in Brisbane was there. Whereas skateboarding was covered and documented very, very well by very competent people who, again, like-minded and were happy to pass out information to, to assist in my growth as a skateboarding photographer. But I submitted my first BMX photo. It was a full page in a magazine, which is end goal as a photographer is to have stuff published. And then off the back of that, I got like a six or seven page spread for an interview for a young fellow that I used to hang out with at the skate park here quite regularly. And then the third time I submitted images, I landed a front cover of a magazine. So I kind of hit my pinnacle very quickly for publications or, or published work in the BMX industry. And then the skateboarding stuff was so, so hard to crack. And what I found was as I got a little bit older, I sort of, I started fishing more. I think it might've been just gelling off the people I was hanging around at that time that were, that sort of had an interest in fishing. And I refound my passion for fishing that I originally had as a child growing up with my old boy doing it. And I sort of put skateboarding completely on the back burner and took every opportunity I could to fish. And then it was on the days that fishing wasn't available when it was windy or, or the weather was like bad enough. It was, it was, that was skateboarding Skating. time. So and that's then, sort of all that. That's that's where the picking up the camera first started there and transitioned into that. Do you have, what was the initial um, tipping point where you went from not having a camera or not picking up a camera to picking up? Is there a story? Like where'd that come from? Weirdly, I think in, in high school there was one guy, his name was Marshall, and I actually bought my first ever DSLR off him and he was like a punk rock sort of emo kind of looking dude. Like no one really knew much about him, but he he did like a he had like a gallery set up at school, I believe, from some of his work. And this is while he was still in his high school years, and I think everyone was pretty like impressed by his capability. And I think that's what sort of really generated and sparked my interest. And I kind of thought, fuck, I could probably like I could do that. I do I do cool stuff outside with with cool people, so I could probably do that. So I bought a camera off him. Um, and sort of cut my teeth in shooting like that. And then that was all natural light stuff. And then started to work into move like move into working with flashes, shooting skateboarding like that, which is which is a really cool thing to learn how to do is, is light places correctly with speed lights just to freeze motion adequately. And I guess when you start manipulating light, that's when you best understand how a camera works and, and yeah. how to document your surroundings. Because at the end of the day, every all we're ever looking for is when we're shooting something is is, is adequate light, the, the light we want. So yeah. so you're talking about adequate camera settings to look to make the shot look natural as possible? Or yeah, look, but, look but a certain way. I get yeah, to look a certain way more so than natural as possible because <coughs> I mean I'm shooting three or four flashes at a time um, to light not only the subject but the space the subject is in. And once you kind of figure that out that it, it, it really does go a long way. And, you know, I, I, I leverage off that now, understanding which direction to point lighting when I'm doing video and I'm lighting a subject in video as well, which, you know, it's pretty boring going from shooting skateboarding to, to an interview of someone talking. But, you know, when you're using a three or four light setup in a, in, a, in a scenario where you're lighting a person speaking, it's all the basic, still, it's still the same fundamentals. And yeah. I think it's, it, it was a really good thing to learn uh, from, from the get-go. Which was which was a very technical part of shooting skateboarding and 
crazily enough, you know, 10 years on speaking to one of my mates, Jake, who is probably one of the most competent skateboarding photographers in the world, he even further developed that by, you know, moving a flash 30 meters away from where he was shooting the actual skateboarding happening to light something completely out of mind, but you'd pick it up as a viewer. So it goes so unnoticed, but your brain would actually pick it up because, for example, 30 meters away, a tree was lit up, but you wouldn't look at the tree, you'd look at the skateboarder, but your brain would actually pick up that connection in light. And that was something he did that no one else had done. And it was it's honestly amazing to see. And he, uh, he has been rewarded for that because he is definitely, definitely top caliber of skateboard photographers in existence. And he's a lad from New Zealand who now lives in the USA. So... He uh, kind of did it. See, he's the kind of people that I had to compete against as a young child shooting skateboarding in the skateboarding industry. So sometimes you kind of, uh, if you realize, yeah, I, I guess not give up on the dream, but sometimes you just realize there's there's lower hanging fruits and I think that's what I did. And yeah. as I was slowly transitioning out of that skateboarding industry, it, it seemed fitting to try and focus on shooting what I love, which at that point in time was the boating and marine industry. Um, and that's where I ended up working. So I got offered a job uh, in that. I spent two years working for a marine outboard company and transitioned to a marketing role for a fishing tackle company and then pretty much landed my dream job that I'd worked that last kind of five years to achieve, which was for Yamaha Motor Australia. And I think I was so happy in my position there but I, I set the rule that if the day came that I was going to resent going to work, it would be the day that I quit my job. And unfortunately, that day came. And the day I woke up and didn't want to go into the office was the day I typed out my resignation letter to give uh, working for myself a, a good crack before, I guess, I had a wife or a family or a house. I didn't want to ruin two lives at once. So yep. I, I thought I'd... I respect I'd that. bite the bullet now and if I fucked up big time, it would be me who'd be responsible and I wasn't going to drag anyone down with me and it's three years on and yeah. I don't have time to even scratch my own balls. So <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like taking risks at like early on in your life, in your 20s and shit is, is the time to do it if you're going to do it. Yeah, and look, I can, I've only got about seven more months of saying I'm in my 20s, so I'm going to clutch that for all seven months <laughs> and I'll probably say I'm still in my 20s for as long as I can pass as looking like I'm in my 20s. I got red beard hair coming through now, which is of major concern because red is closer to grey than black. But I also found out my late grandfather had a full head of red hair until he was like 20 years old about six weeks ago. So Fuck your own- learning, learning new things about uh, my heritage, so to speak. Yeah. Fuck. Apparently, I could have been a redhead. So. <laughs> No offense to redheads out there. I love you all. <laughs> Andy Chu, if you're listening, you're the most beautiful redhead guy I've ever met. <laughs> Fucking there is nice ones out there. There's a few. Yeah. Fucking I've got um I've got greys and I'm only thirty. So You're also bald. I'm also bald. I've got a full head of black hair. Often mistaken for someone who is Japanese because it's, it's my it's beautiful, beautiful, exquisite dark head of hair. It's but like monotone, hey, like there's no tint in it. It's just all fucking natural, all one one tone the whole way over. I, I can you can I can feel your hair envy. I, I have hair. And you're not having any of it. <laughs> so it's night time and Wade's wearing a hat just to to put the to list, <laughs> put the listeners into a viewing perspective. I'm and that's be, that's because he gets glare off my downlights in the living area. So. <laughs> He, he's covering the noggin. <laughs> and 
Yeah, but he supplied he supplied a wine I don't drink, so we're here. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a bottle of it. I got to drop into the airport at four thirty in the morning, so only a bottle. We'll stop. I bought there, two just in case, and we'll see what kind of dribble we can come up with <laughs> between then and there. So the transition from like the nine to five on wages, all that sort of stuff, to soul trading by out by yourself. Own clients doing your own shit. Was that a build up of like? Did, did you set up to do that? Was that like obviously you said you, you waited till you sort of or you don't we didn't wait like if it came to a point where you resented a job you wanted to bail. I think like it was obviously always in the back of your mind to go out and do your own thing. So, I think working for myself had been in the back of my mind for a long, long time, and I had people around. Why me. is that? Uh, I think I think the end goal for so many people is to be your own boss, right? Mm-hmm. I had this grand plan that I was going to dictate my lifestyle and and have this crazy good work life balance where I <laughs> fucking went fishing when I wanted to go fishing and I worked when I wanted to go to work or I'd work when money was running low and I'd earn the quid and I just fucking did I fuck that up because <laughs> it's not like that. Um, the mundaneness of a nine to five. God, it seems beautiful now, but I guess at the same time, nothing was fulfilling as 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 filling my own cup, you know. So, and I, I don't work just for the monetary value of working. Uh, I do a lot of the stuff that I do because I actually do really enjoy it. But at the same time, it's crazy to think the stuff that I appreciate so much that I do, unfortunately, nine times out of ten becomes a passion project that I'm doing for free, which in turn as a business owner is nothing but an expense to me but i guess it is also what keeps me going because you have to fill your own cup up because you can't pour from an empty one as well so i can't i can't push the creative process to any any paying client if i have no creative source left inside me you know so i've got to do these things that yes are an expense to me and my time but they keep me going and they keep me loving what i do as well so i find when I get to a point as a creative where I feel dry and I fucking want to get a job at Bunnings so I can have 40 hours a week selling plants that I know nothing about, but I feel like that's where I belong is the plant section at Bunnings if I was to work there because I know nothing about power tools. Um, I can see you as a barbecue man. Like I know, that, I, I know they're not Bunnings, Bunnings staff, but I could see I just, I, Hey, we just spent five days with some of the best chefs in Australia. I reckon I can probably cook up a storm right now. <laughs> but I got about 48 hours left of it being in my brain. Yeah. And then it's gone and I'm back to back on. I'm back to steak and salad seven nights a week that I get judged for because apparently that's not healthy. But Both. it's got meat, it's got greens, so it's, it, it's got to be good for me. It's better than fucking McDonald's and whatever else. But yeah, I mean, I think everyone's got something that makes them tick. Um, nothing, nothing satisfies me more than doing something that I enjoy doing. And I think that's what sort of spun me around right to focusing so much time in the back end of my year towards weddings because it was so weird. One day the realization came that I was editing a wedding set that I'd shot for a client and I was looking at them smile and I was smiling and I'd caught myself smiling at, at what I was looking at in front of me and I just went, well, fuck. If that's not kind of self-enjoyment, I don't know what is. Because it's a pretty beautiful day, really. Like It is, it is, it is. And I mean, 
I'm very passionate about it. I'm very passionate about capturing exactly the essence of, of, of that couple as well. You know, I, I find out a lot about them before I go and shoot it so I can involve myself with them as much as I can. And I'm often complimented about how much they enjoy me being there because I still shoot pretty fast and loose. Um, if there's beers, I'm, I'm drinking beers. If there's champagne, I'm drinking champagne. You know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm sometimes I'm dressed nice enough to be part of the wedding party. Yeah. So I just kind of slip straight on in there and, and sort of go under the radar and go unnoticed until it's until it's go time. So yeah, that's a massive passion of mine, and I think that's that's definitely something. Again, re- referring back to filling your own cup is they're like little little boosters for me to keep doing what I do. I guess. Because there's only so much sort of mundane shit you can do on a day-to-day life, which is why I think so many people get sick of a nine-to-five. And that's when you start seeking what can you do to get out of that and yeah. and, and, and what, what what can you seek outside of that as well. well I, guess, I guess weddings, man, like no two weddings are the same. Never. Really. And no two people are ever the same yeah. as well. Like that's, you know, you know, you meet someone and then three days after you, if you see them for three days in a row, they look different after three days yeah that's it's it's crazy how that yep. sort of shit works you know yep. and i think being versatile as a business owner not saying i'm super versatile but i have the opportunity or the ability to to virtually split my business 50 50 down the middle and and do the commercial corporate stuff and business profiling most importantly the fishing and the boating stuff but then put on a nice shirt and be the guy who shoots weddings and like it's i think i think it's a pretty cool thing for me to do as well and it's it it works so i was shooting weddings i was working a a a full-time week only you know doing the standard kind of 45 to 50 hour week but then shooting weddings back to back on the weekends and then editing every night i'd come home and i kind of went well if i'm doing 70 hours a week now when i'm in peak wedding season why don't i do 70 hours a week for myself and that's exactly where it ended up (laughs) i think the first the first two years of business i think the average Obviously, you build processes and things get faster, but I was sort of really just finding out the hard way how it all works. So the first two years of business, I was really doing 70 to 90-hour weeks, which is fucking horrible. But That's huge. Massive. Yeah, and my biggest focus for this year, 2022, is to to work less (laughs) because I think there's a a very real thing that's a creative burnout. Man. Just a burnout in general. I mean, that's, that's just what happens. Yeah. So I've experienced it firsthand. Yeah, it's fucking not nice. And that and that that's the thing. I know people that have worked in within the marine industry that have that have also had it happen. Not a creative burnout, but a but a work burnout, and it's debilitating to the point that yeah. they remove themselves from that industry altogether and 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 find peace somewhere else. Yeah, which is unfortunate because you start off so passionate about something, which is why you're there in the first place. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. What was your first wedding that you shot? So, of did it come after like a, a long time after you went out by yourself, or did you? No, 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 no. So, I, like, I was shooting weddings while I was still employed at the skateboarding store. I think also way early on. Yeah, and I think you know how like how did you get your first wedding? Uh, it was just hey, we know you own a camera. Do you want to take photos at a wedding? And I went oh, but I'll give it a red hot go. And yeah, okay. So like a customer from the skate store or well, something? Well, yeah, or, I think or, it, was, it might have actually even been a staff member. I think that's – I think word of mouth has has taken me a long way, which I appreciate everyone in my life so, so much for because that's 
like I can't thank people I know enough because they're the people that actually have gotten me the work. Like it's it's not so much about what I'm doing. It's it's what people are telling people I do or what I'm doing, you know. So I think it's 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 actually so cool and so I wouldn't like I don't know if overwhelming is a word, but I'm I'm pretty passionate about fucking how much my mates care about me. Like it, it makes me pretty happy to know people are willing to put my name in front of people knowing that their reputations at risk as well yeah and it it's it's honestly just so awesome like it really is awesome and the same thing mate you got me on on this job that we just done side by side for the last five days and all i come out of that is i hope you learned something from me and then i learned something from you and then both our businesses can benefit from from molding together because that's that's what it is we may technically we're competition because you, yeah. you do what I do. But at the same time, I'd rather help you grow as a business and you help me grow as a business than us compete with each other. Yeah, there's a level of respect, man. It's, it's like staying in your lane and and like just having respect for the industry in itself. Like, exactly. Because people break an industry by that, like being super competitive and like it's just my way or the highway and yeah. you end up like driving market price down. Like it just ends up fucked. Well, that, yeah, that, I think that, that, that massively is what it is, is... is you know, I remember having a conversation um, with a lad named Andrew who back in the day ran SEQFA and he actually approached me and said, hey, mate, I'm interested to know what your day rate is for filming. And I went, well, that's a very confronting question. But the reason behind it was we were trying to monetize what a day rate was for a content creator within the fishing and marine industry. So there wasn't any far-fetched pricing that was too much or there was too low. Because obviously the guy who's got the cheapest price is the guy who gets the most work. So one thing I learned working in this industry was uh, voiceover artists work off the same rate card. Whether you have a mouth made of gold or a mouth made of dog shit, you get paid the same to record a voiceover for any business of any scale and any size. And I think that's a pretty cool thing. But it also is capped earnings on on the work that you do. So... It's it's a very touch and go subject as to how much should someone charge a day for how experienced they are or how much they should charge for how inexperienced they are. But um, mate, I let anyone get in there and have a crack if they if they're willing to do it. You know, I think yeah. if anyone's thinking about it and kind of going, oh fuck, like do I charge top dollar or am I not good at this? So I got to come in super cheap and devalue what I personally think I'm worth. I think. The best thing a person can do that's at that point should just ask someone who's already doing it. Yep. Um, instead of instead of pissing in the wind, like don't go fuck. I'll do it for three hundred bucks because you feel like you're only worth three hundred dollars. Like yeah. Find find out what other people are doing within within that space. Yeah. So I've got a question. This has been in my head for a little while. So how? So there's my opinion. The wrong way to do it, which is trade money for time. Mm-hmm. How does someone look at a job and price it to actually benefit themselves long term, not just trade money for time? Yeah. So like you said, money for time, again, is something – money for time is how I ran my business for a long time because that's the way I looked at it because I think the general – human or the general working human is trading their money for time they're working for an hourly rate 
Yep. So you are worth $37.20 an hour. Yeah. And that's, you go, holy fuck, I'm only worth that. So what happens yeah. in your next job? Are you worth more or are you doing a different role so you're worth less? I, it's, it's, a, it's a really weird one. And with, with, with what we do, I started to try and formulate on project prices as opposed to, yep. I never really work on an hourly rate. One, because when you tell someone an hourly rate, they go, holy fuck, why is it so expensive? And you go, well, it's not expensive. <laughs> and yeah. then you don't want to ever have to have that back and forth with a client. Yeah. So project prices is the easiest thing for someone to swallow because you can actually explain to them, I have X amount of gear I need to use. I need travel. I need my time. I need my time editing. And everything should, should virtually be bundled into one thing that if you then divided it to an hourly rate, you probably only get paid $3.80 an hour anyway. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty it, – it, hurt, it hurts to break down the mass and, and do the mass yeah. on that thing sometimes. But, you know, some, some jobs are better than others with it for sure. Yeah. But, I mean, if you can work off a regulated day rate that you're comfortable with, it's covering your expenses while you're also making money to pay other expenses. I think that's where you got to start to sort of aim. And this is one thing that I think has completely, like I, I like cars. Um, I'd love to photograph cars, but there is kids out there. When I say kids, I'm saying they are in that age range of 17 to 25. So yes, they are also adults, but they're not smart adults because they're shooting cars for anywhere from $50 to $150, which drives the price down. The market, yeah. The Automotive market. photography is in high demand because there's so many dudes out there that do up cars and they're doing them up so they can have nice photos of them to put on their Instagram and will openly admit yeah. they have a car so they can publicly put it in front of people to go, holy yep. shit, look how cool my car is. But yeah, there's people out there that do it for so cheap and you ask them the question as to what, why is it so cheap? And they go, well, my setup cost me three grand. I still live at home with my mum. If I can do five car shoots a week, everything I have is paid for. And you go, huh, okay. Yeah. And they go and shoot seven, eight car shoots a week at 50 bucks a piece that covers all their overheads. Whereas if I was to try and do that, I may as well pay the guys that I'm photographing. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're going to have to come and pick me up because I can't put fuel in my car. And it, it, it's that short-sightedness, man, because you're not fucking 17 forever and you're not living with your parents forever and you're not going to – if you're want, if you actually committed, like we're d disregarding all the hobbyists here that just do it part-time, if you want to make something of yourself in that industry, yeah, you're not going to have that $3,000 set up forever. You know what I mean? No, no, like, not at all. And I think the first I, – I, I don't know why it bugged me so bad, but I took it upon myself to reach out to one of, one of the offenders of – flash sale weekend car shoots and his response was well fuck you just put that into perspective for me and what i said to him was hey if you keep shooting cars for 50 dollars, what happens on the weekend when you want to make it 150 dollars?" and he went well, what do you mean i said would people still buy it off you and he said no hmm. there you go he I set think... himself as a 50 dollars photographer he can yeah. never be a 150 dollars photographer until he branches into a new network of humans so or something miraculously changes with him or his yeah. equipment, but the per his customer doesn't know what he's shooting with. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You can't buy new equipment if you earn, if you fucking earn no. 50, and 50 and, and that's shoot. that's exactly right. Business has got to be a long term thing, like you said. 
Yeah. Like there's got to be a long goal. And Wade, you and I had this discussion in the car and it, it came to fruition in my brain again today about where, where this industry going is, like where is it going? You know, there's a thing out there now called a metaverse and people are selling fucking cartoons for ungodly amounts of money and I don't understand any of it at all. Me and neither. If, if I had a spare 15 minutes, apparently you can watch a video and learn how to make heaps of money, but I yeah. I don't have a spare 15 minutes to invest it's into it yet. Weird. But um, like where where does it go? And it's a this is a it's it's a crazy business to be in because nothing to to go out and make the stuff nothing to nothing you use is cheap. It's much like fishing, no. you know. What makes the difference? Like um, everything we shot this week, just because I started in the game shooting like anyone that understands like 1080 in eight um, bit, and then I've shot I recently upgraded my stuff and um, now I sh- now I shoot 4K in 10 bit, and just the quality of image is just. It's a world, amazing. Yeah. Worlds, worlds apart, and this is the thing that your client will probably never know the difference. That's the problem, um, but they might. Yeah, um, it definitely. If you put two side by side, oh will. yeah, and look, and that, and that, and that's the biggest thing there as well. But that, that, like the saying goes, is it a bad tradesman never blames his tools, or a good tradesman never <laughs> a blames good tradesman? So that's the saying. <laughs> Don't blame your tools. I, yeah. Like. Like we, uh, you know, we kicked it on the couch here the other night. We watched new episodes of The Lateral Line where Milan and Nathan are filming their whole TV episode. Fucking iPhone. On an iPhone. And I look at it and go, I need to re- reevaluate what I'm going to do next year to fucking put food on my plate because- iPhone's on gimbals and cinema mode. An iPhone with a microphone is, <laughs> is looking pretty damn good at the moment. I think it's because that short form- like raw media is has skyrocketed since TikTok, hey. Well, and yeah, and COVID. Well, on the backside of that, they reckon ADHD is skyrocketing as well because we're educating child brains into fucking their attention span only being fifteen seconds. That makes a lot of sense. And you think about how addictive Instagram reels are and TikToks are. You, good, I delete. Good the luck. Good luck watching one. Yeah. If you watch one, you're going to watch 10. And if you watch 10, you're fucked. You're in there. And, yeah. and, and you know, me and all the boys, we call it the Vortecky. Once yeah. you're in the Vortecky. <laughs> She's all over. You, you're out when your arm yeah. goes numb or your phone dies. So <laughs> good luck. Yeah. It's um, good for a laugh and shit, but fuck me. Mate, it is. And as a, as a PSA, there is a notification you can put on your phone that tells you when you've been on Instagram for 10 minutes and it will tell you to get off your phone. So Highly recommend if you're unproductive or counterproductive by looking at the dumb thing that is your phone, turn that on and it'll be a rude awakening how many times you get it in a day. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I realized as a when I edit my work is if I don't have my phone with me in my office, I can do eight hours of work in three hours and yep. it's a fucking amazing thing. That so, was super apparent to me. Like that was one of the things I learned spending this week with you is – how much I'm actually on my phone because you're not on yours. And I, I know you, you're not like super like active every day, every single day on socials. Um, and I didn't notice until sort of, well, you you told me that I'm fucking guilty for it, which I am. And I noticed that you're not on your phone anywhere near as much. And the amount of work you get, and you just put music on, sit in your office and fucking get up it. And it's so much more productive. And then I've referenced myself like on previous jobs sitting in front of my computer and I get in the zone and then literally I look, oh, a notification. And then I open my phone, fucks my whole flow. 
Whereas it should be just out on the counter outside in the kitchen yeah. somewhere and just the fuck away from me for a day. So my biggest realization for that, and anyone who doesn't own them, I'm not endorsed by Apple. <laughs> fuck, if the slim chance someone Apple <laughs> listens to this, please. I've spent way too much money with you. Help me out here. But AirPods, AirPods became the best tool that I'd purchased. Now, the reason being was it stopped me avoiding phone calls from people I didn't speak to because my phone would never be on me, so I would just answer it. And I'd hear from people I hadn't heard from in a long time, which was great. I reconnected with people, which was first was fantastic. But what I noticed was when we talk about counterproductivity was if I was at my desk and I got a text, I'd read the text, I'd close my messages, and then I'd go Instagram, then I'd go Facebook, mm -hmm. then I'd go Facebook Messenger, and then I'd go, holy fuck, 25 minutes. That was that. Was that. Yep. So I'd put my, then I'd put my phone face down again and then I'd get another text because I get the reply from the text I just sent, stupidly enough. And what does my brain do? It puts me straight back into that cycle. So I was checking a text and then bumping through my socials. And when I say going through my socials, I don't even know why because I wasn't posting stuff. My, my personal Instagram page is not very active. And the reason being is I struggle to find time because one thing – that I do for my job is I run other people's social media platforms as well. So it, it it's a hard thing for me to do. And and across, you know, seven to eight platforms, it becomes a hard thing for me to do, especially. So that was the first thing I noticed was AirPods gave me the ability to answer a phone call and then not have a phone to look at when I hung up that phone call. So my phone, I try and put at least 10 steps away from where I'm working at any given time. I don't keep it on silent because sometimes important things do happen while I'm working. But if I have to get up to go and look at my phone, at least I've registered that I need to then put it down and walk straight back to where I'm working. And I'm a big advocate for stretching as much as I possibly can when I work as well. So I actually try and stand up every 10 minutes when I edit. So I stand up, I look at something a little bit further away than my computer screen to stretch my eyes. I stretch my hands and I kind of probably just do like a basic back or hamstring stretch and I sit back down again. So that's 45 seconds I've taken away from my chair and my editing instead of 25 minutes every time I look at my phone. And it's actually beneficial to you. So yeah. you're probably going to be able to edit for longer or exactly. be in the zone and for longer. I, and then at the same time, if I know I'm at a full, I'm, if I know it's a full day of editing, I actually set alarms in increments. So I set an alarm for my first coffee which I walk to get so I'm outside and get some sun before I bleach my skin with a computer screen. And I set an alarm for my second coffee. I set an alarm for morning tea. I set an alarm for lunch. And then I set an alarm for when I need to get up and go to the gym. And those are my treats. Getting away from my desk is my treat. Yep. And I'd even got to, I'd, look, I even got to a point where I had a set of dumbbells in my room and when my computer renders, which can take anywhere from two minutes to fuck sometimes 20 minutes on a large-scale project for rendering uh instead of going on my phone i do push-ups and bicep curls yep now nothing changed on my body unfortunately doing that so that formulated plan of getting 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 buff while editing didn't work <laughs> so for anyone out there fuck it's not worth it just stretch but um i think that was that was the biggest thing and then you'd let your phone be a treat because I, I think regardless of how much you say you aren't, I think everyone's stimulated by social media. If it, 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 it's good. There's funny stuff, there's sad stuff, but you know, 
I think it, it does it does help stimulate the brain, and I think that's what mm. attracts so many people to it so often. And creativity as well. Like, well, like exactly, in, yeah. in our and field, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Sometimes, sometimes that might be the spark of inspiration you need is seeing someone else's product and going, "Fuck, that gives me a great idea for what I'm about to roll back into when I sit down and edit or, or do a photo set or something like that as well." But I think you got to formulate a plan that best best works for you. Um, and if you're trying to knuckle down on work, I think the best thing you can do is set up a reward system. So yeah, I'm a massive, massive believer in writing down a list every day. My brain absorbs information better if I write it than if I watch it or listen to it. And even when I'm listening to, no offense, but even when I'm listening to a podcast, I often find my mind wonder. And that's because I start thinking of something else and get sent on this fucking wild tangent for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> you know, 100%. Yeah. But, it and, provokes thought like well and i think it's just i just have i just have an active brain like a really really active mind and it's you're on the spectrum for sure yeah Same it, as me, it, it could mean. be adhd undiagnosed adhd but um no sensory issues or stuff like that but i just have a very 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 active mind and that was um, one of the first thing i noticed yeah is like because i'm the, i'm very similar when i sit i fidget yeah in one way or another i, I like fucking i'm right now i just rub my nose for no reason my nose isn't itchy. Um, and I've noticed like the first thing I noticed is that you do it too. Yeah. So massive fidgeter. So when I first visited my dietitian, he was like, you're very, um, very, I think alert was a nice way for him to put that. I was fucking crazy. Um, I, like I, I, I speak fast. Uh, I have erratic actions and I, and I do things really quickly, which unfortunately some people come think it comes across aggressive. But I'm just, I just, I'm a fast mover, so, and a fast drinker. That's, but that's, that's what that is, you know. Yeah. So, weirdly, through good foods and focusing on different things, I've managed to have a pretty big switch up in my mindset and lifestyle over, you know, kind of since December. As I had yeah. this crazy, not, I just had a crazy like awakening where I just went, where I just ground my ass into the ground for a whole year. And I had nothing to show for it. Like I'm not, I'm not super materialistic. Like I didn't want flash watches and fucking crazy mm. travel and stuff like that. Like, but I worked super, super hard. And at the end of the year, I went, "Fuck, where, where is everything?" Like, I, like I was expecting something. But what I was doing, I was working to live. That's that's what we all do, you know. There was no pot of gold on January first that proved that I fucking worked my ass off. So. I'd, re, I'd, I'd, I'd sort of thought about it and I went, I'm going to start, I'm going to come into the year. It wasn't a New Year's resolution. I actually started in Feb because I didn't want to be the guy to start in Jan. But I started to implement small lifestyle changes throughout the month of January, which helped me, which was things like cold showers. Uh, I meditate every night before bed, which just assists with mental clarity yep. and makes sleep unbelievable. Yep. So the big, I think the biggest thing I lacked in my whole life was the ability to have a good night's sleep and <clears throat> you know the past couple of days we've been away working <laughs> massive days eating i haven't been shit. i haven't been eating how i'd normally yeah. eat and i'm not in my bed and i'm on a fucking bed with 65 <laughs> pillows and not one of them is comfortable but <laughs> they're, they're all probably huge. all more expensive than anything i own man they're all huge so I've, i'm just on this like a mental flatness and i'm you know the most exciting thing about this whole thing is i get to come back and find rhythm again which I think is 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 so imperative to 
to life is to find what works for you and if it does, stick to it. And if something's not working for you, you have to fucking change it. Yeah. You can't pretend like it's going to get better or you can't pretend like, oh, you'll slowly adapt and to this shitty lifestyle and everything's going to come easy. You need to fix it straight away. Yeah. And small lifestyle lifestyle changes and adjustments go a very, very long way. Yeah. Like, such a long way. And I think you can draw inspiration from so many places about Man. what other people are doing in to, to assist in their quality of life. And I think if you... If you're really high strung like like I was, which uh, like I like I've been, I've seen someone that has told me I'm 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 overly alert and I'm very high strung, which is why I, I react so quickly. It's because I don't switch off, which is why when I fatigue, I fatigue very heavily. Yeah, man. Um, but since building a better relationship with sleep, my quality of life has been so much better. And I actually I've actually had a client say to me. Hey, what's changed? Because you're so much more relaxed throughout the day. Mm. And I was like, fuck, that means I didn't say anything to them, but it means the world to me because I know small life shot, like lifestyle shifts and adjustments have actually changed how I present myself. Small percentages stack, man. Yeah. And, uh, and that might be the one percent that I needed was to, yep. to, to have the ability to, to wind down and relax properly at the end of a day. And yep. I think the biggest thing that kept me switched on all day was I would. I, I work all day. My break is I run my dog, I go to the gym, I cook dinner, I have a shower and I sit back in my computer chair and I work until I'm ready to go to bed. So I set the rule that I would never work past 10 p.m. at any given night anymore regardless of how close I was to finishing or who the client was because I was number one. 100%. Always and that's how it's going to stay. And my biggest goal for this year is to actually not work outside of – Trading hours, if that makes any sense. So, unfortunately, it means I work less unless I scale my business with more staff, which if anyone out there wants a job editing, have I fucking got a treat for you? <laughs> send me an email. Send. Don't you, I don't even need a resume. Just send me an email. <laughs> I, got, I got heaps of work if anyone needs it. Um, but, yeah, like it's – I don't know. This isn't, this isn't a podcast about how to change your life, but it's – this is me – I've been in some very, very, very shit situations in my life that that create lifestyle change. And I think, like you said, it's a small percentile of things Man, you do. Like just aim aim for better. One like, simple thing every day. Exactly right. One and simple then, improvement. And then formulate routines. So, yeah. you know, like, like I said, I didn't start this try and find a new life in, um, in January as a New Year's resolution. But what I did to start piloting me trying to shift that stuff in Jan was I got up at the same time every day for the whole month and then I would read 15 pages of a book before I cooked my breakfast, which I haven't read a book since fucking Harry Potter and <laughs> I fucking The Philosopher's that. Stone, if, that, if, that's a correct, if that's a correct title. That, that, was, that was the one I read. That's number one, man. That's and I was probably – so at that age, I was probably fucking incapable of reading anyway. So I probably looked at the pictures it doesn't have. But, you know, it had been a long time and I think it was it, it was good. Like like I said before, I absorb information if I write it down. And what I found was I started absorbing information better if I read it. So I set this little goal as if I would read 15 pages of that book while I was while I was cooking my breakfast – 
I'd try and think about things that I'd read in those 15 pages to make sure I was actually absorbing the information. Yep. So good for cognitive, like just my brain. Yeah. And just to reverse that whole thing, what the 15 pages of that book was doing was I banned myself from using my phone from the first hour yep. that I woke up. Yep. And holy shit. That's a big rule of mine, man. Oh. Have you um, have you like read or, or researched anything on like brain states? It's like alpha. No, but I know if you fucking open Facebook in the morning, as soon as you wake up and you see something shit, your day's ruined. Yep. So do why, why do it? So there's like there's like a priming stage of your brain. Um, Andrew Huberman is the fucking guy to guy to sus. He's got an epic podcast um, and on Instagram. So there's a priming stage of your brain, alpha state, and it's when you're like basically your mind is priming. So that's the time to to get up, have your cold shower, read or stretch or go and get sunlight, move, fasted cardio, all that sort of stuff, um, and consume energy so food eat break eat a good breakfast and all that sort of stuff and then pick up your phone if you're going to pick your phone up because then you charge for beta state whereas if you wake up grab your phone you automatically go you skip that part oh and i will i'll back that 200 percent because if i i got in this weird thing where while i was still in my bed i'd check my emails it takes one email to fuck your whole day <laughs> one you get one email from the wrong person. You even see you their name. You don't even have to read it out. Yeah. <laughs> you even see their name and you just sink and you go, I don't even want to get out of bed. Yep. So I'm a massive believer now in moving in the morning. Um, I tried training in the mornings and I just I just can't do it unless I've – I can't train unless I've eaten all day. I'm yeah. a pig. Like I need I need fuel. That's why – that's why I'm a fat buff guy. As, I, as I've been referenced before, I'm just a fat buff guy. I got a, I got a fucking beer belly and – Half a muscle. That's big, that's big all lats. It, that's all. That's all. That's that's all I got going on. So, um, I made a, a conscious effort to walk to get my coffee every day, unless it was raining. Of course, if it was raining, I'd have no coffee until I needed to drive to my first job. So, that morning walk, like I, you yeah. know, I get up, I brush my teeth, I wash my face, and AirPods are in, and I listen to the same song every day walking to the coffee shop. That could be a problem. Now that could be like a weird, like a mental thing that are going on, but I just have, I have, I have a song that just for some reason makes me appreciate what the day could bring. Yep. And what are you led? Can you say what it is? It's man. It's actually it, it, weirdly enough. It's a song about someone who's fucking horrendously affected by drugs, and that and that's not me in any way, shape, or form. But I think the way that I resonate it with it is because it's that's who I never want to be. Yeah. Yep. That makes and, sense. Um, the song is about him reverting back into addiction. So I guess it sort of does make sense as someone who's trying to progress forward in, in life in general. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. exactly right. And, you know, I'm. it's at, on the basis of I don't fucking want to binge drink anymore. So yeah. unfortunately I've had to pull myself away from people that love binge drinking because you don't want to hang around toxicity. Yeah. You know? Let's touch on that actually because – I notice like I have and I, I feel bad – I partially feel bad for, for some of it and I'm, and for some of it, the other part of it, I couldn't be fucked. Um, loss of, of friends, acquaintances, groups like I used to have a really broad range. I still do have many, many friends and many, many people that I still talk to but there's like literally like the other day, Tyson Palmer messaged me and he's like, man, take a day off, come up 
um, and we'll go fishing and shit. And I, I literally like, I really, really wanted to, but I couldn't because I was so busy. And it's just consistently like that. And it's normally with like my close friends and you f- end up feeling like a fucking really shit human because you, I feel like you prioritize that. I, th- I feel like it looks like you prioritize the growth of your business and it looks like you're chasing money and all that and success and yeah. shit. when really you're prioritizing, for me anyway, really prioritizing self-growth. Yeah, but I, th- I think if a friend can't appreciate you trying to grow, it'll be better than not you, mate. Yeah. So this is this is the thing I realize when I do when I do things and I stop drinking or partaking in fucking that that lifestyle my phone pretty much stops ringing. And it's it's not sad, but it's it's weird, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it, it is it is really weird and it's like there's an on and off switch to a specific group of of friends in yeah. a circle, you know what I mean? Do you, I feel like most of the time it's not because they they like that they like off oh, fuck that guy he doesn't drink with us no more. I think it's just like I, not, look, I'm no happy. I'm interest. happy for them to just go. Hey, let's not call him because we know we're going out fucking drinking. Like that's sweet. I'll think of it that way, and you know, there's no harm done. But at the same time, it's like, was I just like a? I don't know. Is it just? Can you only have fun with me when I'm fucking trolled? I, I I went down that I went down that rabbit hole not long ago actually, um, and I love drinking. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but it's got to happen in moderation. Yeah, well, I went down that rabbit hole like, and was like in my own head saying like, "Fuck me," um, it was I just nothing and all that sort of shit. Was was I just a number basically? Mm. Um, but then I was like, I I, told, I forced myself to think that. It's not actually the case. I think it's just dissimilar interest now. Yeah. So like you just gradually I think I think you can grow out of friend circles. Yeah. I think you can grow out of friends. I think that yeah. Well, I think I think like you may not remain friends, but there's still that level of respect. I think you always will remain friends, but it's on a different level. Hundred percent. So 100%. as long as there's respect you, for it, at least it it doesn't at least it doesn't go to that point where you see someone you know and they know you and you both look at each other and there's a weird yeah, that's fucked That up. weird look, I can't deal with that. That mm-hmm. one breaks my fucking brain because do you say hello? Do you not say hello? I, yeah. I usually alleviate confrontation, just turn and walk the other way, even though it's probably the wrong way. But that's the weird one. When you look at someone and you know them and they know you and then you don't know what to do. So there's like a Mexican standoff. Yeah. That. I don't, I don't want any of that with any of my mates ever. But I think when, like I say, when you grow out of a friend circle, I think you're just evolving. And if, if people... and it's never to say in any way, shape, or form would I be better than someone I'm friends with because I've slowed up on my drinking. But it's just your lifestyle or your habits changed between the pair of you, so you don't you're not as uniformed anymore. You know yep. what I mean? The everyone meet at six thirty on a Friday at the pub's gone, unless you go to the pub and have dinner. Yeah, or something. Like I, it's it's it, it is a it's a fucking weird one. Yeah, and you know, and I think I don't think it's a place that friendships go to die, but I think. Things just slow down. Yeah. I've become more comfortable with it. Like at at the start, I'm so man. I'm so I've adapted to it because yeah. I try and do this stuff. Like it's weird. I kind of do it every year, never at the same time. But there's always a point where I go, "Fuck, I need to woo up and just chill out for a while." And I and I focus on my health. And yeah, every year I go, "Fuck, I, I need this is this is probably what I need to do." And I've I've set a goal for myself to be the fittest and healthiest I've been in my life before I turned 30. So 
I, I, I've got this illustrious plan to, to be in, in the best shape of my life when I turn 30 because that's when it's the hardest. Yeah. So, and, and that's what it is. You know, it, it working, working with people, they go, fuck, mate, wait till you're 30. Wait till you're 30. Wait till you're 30. I think 30 is still young as fuck. I, th- I think 30 is. I, I didn't have a year 30 crisis. It didn't. I feel no fucking difference. Look, mate, <laughs> fucking no one, no one will know when I turn 30. I'm not having a party. <laughs> that shit's going under the radar, man. I don't want a three in front of my name fucking. It's not happening. So it's, yeah, it, it's a scary thought. But as in. 30s fucking feels better than 50, right? Man, <laughs> yeah. fuck, it has to. You know, but like if I, 50s feels better than 60. It's, I think you just, if, if your quality of life's there, just fucking yeah. rip in and do it, eh? What like, I think, what I think there's, is epic about you is you found this so early. Like you, you're mature beyond your age. Like it hit, it took me to hit like, I reckon 20, 24. Five, maybe later than twenty-five, to be like, I need to do something else. Yeah, or I need to, I need to fucking sort my shit out, and then that's when I started like self-analyzing yep. and focusing on mindset, and then starting to learn, like research and listen to podcasts, and like gather all this information. And but it, it's taken me, and I'm obviously you never stop learning, but it, it took me like two or three years on top of that to 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 find exactly where I need to be, sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. But I feel like it's it's normal. But it was. I think it's really cool that that you picked that shit up like way early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I wanted to lead into was, I feel like there's people compare themselves to people so much. So, but I feel like your own journey from the day you're born basically is different to every single other cunt. So, I I can't say like, oh, you've succeeded, like you've done all this stuff by 29. Yeah, and I've only done this by thirty. Oh, because it's dude, not comparable. No way, no way in the world. It's I, not comparable. Like, go even like going, going right back to to what made me sort of make the hard decision to to follow this sort of path is, I never thought I was capable, but I had people push me in the right direction. So, yep. um, ironically, Mick Guthrie was probably one of my biggest supporters ever in me doing this for myself mm-hmm. and it's a massive shout out to Mick because he said fucking hurry up and do it hurry up and do it hurry up and do it and I did it and it worked um, and and Nick Richardson from Tired Apparel like mate he gave me the biggest opportunity of my life to do what I want to do how I want to do it and when I want to do it and yeah, like bro for my whole life I'll be grateful for that like it means so much to me and he continues to do it now, and so does Mick. Like I caught up with Mick two weeks ago. He kind of picked up a lens I borrowed off him in about fucking two thousand and one. Like this <laughs> thing had sat in my cupboard for fucking oh my god, it was just it got, it got old. That <laughs> it somehow couldn't align. That hey man, come and pick up this lens. Yeah. And then I think when he when he figured out it was of no monetary value anymore, I think the desire for him to pick it up also disappeared but yeah weirdly i cleaned out my camera cupboard and i found a box of lures and terminals which was worth a good bounty so he was yes. over here to pick it up and um mate mick, mick says mate he like he said i'm proud of you and that's fucking you know i i reckon i reckon i've heard that from my dad twice yeah which is crazy you know like my nan is my nan is the 
probably my biggest supporter, you know, and she lives in Adelaide, so she doesn't even know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> but she still says, she still says she's proud and I think for me that's more fulfilling than any job I've ever done is to is to do someone proud, you know. That that's a very meaningful meaningful thing to me. Fucking so, oath it is, man. And it's 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 pride in yourself and it's wanting people to be proud of you that 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 you actually really truly care about. Yeah, like families, for sure. Family's sure. huge, man. Like yeah. my um I'm super sad that my old man passed away a couple of years ago because he would be frothing the shit I'm doing. And I wasn't doing it when he was alive. I was I was dabbling. Yeah. And I just started my journey basically. But then yeah, I really wish that that he was still alive now because he'd be frothing. Like to be honest, he'd be fucking drive me mad because he'd be wanting to come on all these trips and yeah, all this cool shit on the door. Oh, it'd be such a cool thing to share Man. with the old boy as well, though. You know, like yeah. my dad's a musician, and I have never photographed him playing music, and I've never filmed him playing music, which to me still makes no sense. And I think one thing hit home was. I went on a date with a chick and she was like, oh, you're a photographer. Fuck, you must have the most amazing family photos. Yeah. And I went, fuck. No. That shit hits hard. So in my whole life, I've got got a 15-year-old sister and a 32-year-old sister. And in my whole life, I have one photo of them two with my mum that I've taken on my camera, which is fucking insane because I have... I have a tool that can freeze moments in time that would probably go unnoticed, but if um, if they were actually documented, they wouldn't be forgotten. You know what I mean? So yeah, I need that. You know, that's a thing. It's a thing I need to make a conscious effort for is is actually spending the time to do that. And what I find myself is my dog lives with my mum. I go to my mum's house I, every day. I'm there. I take fucking forty five photos of my dog. Yeah, and, and the reason why I take so many photos of my dog is because he's getting old, and that's a that's a weird thing in itself because so is my mum, my sister's yeah. aging every day, and so is my other sister and my two nephews, and it's really like it's weird, you know, like yeah, I think embrace embrace time you spend with it with fucking everyone, hundred percent, man, and and be open, like um, absorb what's happening. I reckon, like. Actually, don't just like be present. Be present is present, what I'm trying to pre- say. That, mate, and that's why you told me you do dinners at your house where you're not allowed to sit down. You stand, so you walk around. Yeah. Fucking best thing ever. Yeah. Talk about being present. Like, man, if you're you're at a table, if there's 10 of you seated at a table, the person you want to talk to is- At the other end. Four meters away, so you don't talk to them. Yeah, and you, you feel know? like you can't get up because you're like, it's that you awkward can't. thing, you're that one guy you're that like, stands like, up. And like, I like- when I shoot, like weirdly to bring work related back into this, when yeah. I shoot a wedding that is cocktail themed, which means standing at round tables where people walk around canapes. Yeah. The food's nowhere near as good, but everyone gets way more drunk because they eat less. So yeah. there's, more, there's <laughs> way more mingling in it. And yeah. the, the vibe is so much better. So the room is so loud. Yeah. When it's seated at a table, it's it's only loud because it's people talking over each other. Yeah. And that's all it ever is going to be. So yep. pro tip, if you're getting married and want nice photos and video, cocktails. Yeah. Probably going to cost you less as well. Very Because you don't have to dress gigantic tables. I wonder if that had happened at this venue we shot at. 
Probably not a chair. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I feel, I feel like, like that venue. You fucking you'll get a chair because you're paying a lot of money to sit on the chair. Yeah, fuck. And they only have a, expensive chairs. Yeah, but yeah, even even to revert back to that and touch on that. Um, what? Yeah. So Wade, Will, and I just did a project um, at a very, very, very established estate in the Corumban Valley, and. It was a massive eye-opener. It was the nicest place I've probably ever been to and I've shot some very, very, very cool wedding venues. And the opportunity we were given to document five of Australia's best chefs foraging, hunting and collecting their own food to feed uh, in excess of 70 people. So we, we fished, we hunted... We picked mangoes and berries and trees I didn't know you could eat. Literally weeds, man. Weeds. There was there was weeds. Yeah. Fucking flowers that taste like garlic. Not the weed you're all thinking of, but yeah. <laughs> there was fucking there was weeds. I'm pretty sure someone ate bark. Mushrooms. Like, not even magic just, mushrooms, just mushrooms. Just uh I think the biggest takeaway from that is to open your eyes to your surroundings. So yeah. absorb as much information as you can anywhere you go because yep. I guess so much stuff goes unnoticed. Yeah, so you are. No, that, that, I think that's it. So yeah. much stuff goes unnoticed. It does, man. Like I, I'll dive in here. Like this, this job came across to me um, through the business page, and I was just like, "Yeah, fuck it, let's do it," um, regardless of what what went on. Um, so my background with Macca is like we've never properly met until this yeah, week yeah so this this was the first time i'd ever met wade and in the silence of the background is also young william he's mate. but he's he's in there grinding <laughs> who's working right now while we drink he, a shiraz and fucking dribble into, into, <laughs> into microphones but um that was the first time i met both these guys and i welcomed him into my home and i drove him to the coast and i work with them yeah and wade will tell you the rest yeah, it was it was really, really like this job was I never expected to even get a request for a job like this. Um, got the brief and I was like, fuck yes, I'm doing it regardless of, of how it's gonna work. But um I've I've Hey? We were out fishing when you got the request. Actually that's what we were. We were chasing Golden Trevally on the flats. Were we? I think we were coming back from a JP hike. Oh, that's what it was. That was later on. Yeah, so um uh sorry, where did I get to? Yeah, so I um I've I've spoke to Andy for a fair while on and off and he's been in all honesty like he's been a huge mentor of mine um just sharing knowledge and, and helping me with stuff and and just chatting in general about business and mindset and lifestyle camera gear all that sort of shit um so mad respect there so I was like fuck this is Andy's jam and to be honest I have like a little bit of regrets like to be honest I should it should have been Andy's job and I should have come on as a lackey because it's something that was way like I, f- I feel like I could have done it like out, not out of my league but I feel like I would have would have struggled a lot more than what we did so basically I invited Andy to come to come and teach me pretty much and help and I learned so much that in one week that, like this one week has fast-tracked me years one with knowledge of of how to film things like this it's because I spent years learning it yeah <laughs> the, the hard way the hard way and that's why that's why I um but I'm 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 an open book mate as I said I'll um 
Anyone, anyone who wants to find out, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. If, I, if there's someone listening that hasn't filmed something and wants to have a crack, I've got enough cameras to lend you one. You can come and stand within one and a half meters of me. But don't follow you around. One and a half meters of me. <laughs> if I hear you fucking breathe, you're gone. Um, but I'm, I'm open to help anyone. So yeah, for anyone, anyone who is interested in, in, in trying to learn how to film something, fucking rip in. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. I think Many was, hands make light work and I got a lot of bags. <laughs> it did. It actually, it, it was a really, really cool week. I, I just learned so much from everybody because the guys we work with and filmed were five like top class chefs. A couple of them were world renowned. I, and I don't, I don't think I've been put in a situation work-wise where the gelling has been that easy. Man, it like was These insane. dudes were fucking legends. Like they were all the boys. If you didn't see their resume- you would have just thought they were just lads. They were the boys, and when it came crunch time in the kitchen, Birkenstocks and socks come on, which I highly <laughs> despise of. Like I'm, they were those good Berkies, though, the uh, closed toe ones. If you wear Birkenstocks, <laughs> you're not allowed to come <laughs> on one of my jobs. Mac is off, yeah. But they were, yeah, it was, mate, it was probably the coolest thing I'd ever seen is, is five like-minded people that are so competent in their craft come together, make a fucking plan out of – what we caught, which was hardly anything. Yeah. But it was so easy, man. Like you think like world-class chefs, high-class kitchen, like high-pressure high, high pressure environment, man. They were really chill, really accommodating, and they, they helped like one of the chefs. I don't even know if we're allowed to say names, but I'll just keep it hush for now. But one of the chefs was watching me film and understood what shot I was trying to get and would manipulate the scene so I could capture the shot. Um which I thought was absolutely amazing. They were super savvy with all of that sort of like production and so they they like media wasn't their first rodeo. Nah. So nothing nothing was hard. Nothing was too much of an ask. And I guess uh, at a production level, we were kissed on the dick with capability. Man, it because was insane. that's everything had so yeah. much fluidity in the whole job in itself. Yeah. The hardest part is for Wade and Will is going to be. What do they use? Because it, it all came it all came very easy, except for the actual fishing and what have you yeah. itself. So, how do we tell the story? How do you how do you tell the story of failure, but still miraculously feed eighty like yeah. 70, 80 people? And these dudes, you know, you ask them the question: Is it stressful to cook for this many people? And not one person said yes. It was a walk in the fucking yeah, park. It was an easy night. Like it was a walk in the park. Yeah, they were drinking, but like I think second course they had bubbly, so yeah. champagne to celebrate the fact that it was all happening. Yeah, and um, just that's what it was like. It was like standing in a room with a gigantic stainless bench with five of the boys. Yeah, just doing their thing. And they stayed with us. You know, but we we actually got very well looked after. Um, we rolled into the estate. We had a house to ourselves, ensuite in every bathroom. The most yeah. amazing. Just beds. to reiterate, it's called an estate. <laughs> Just for anyone, it's an estate. Yeah, proper. Which is, that I think that's that, I that's that's one above hotel, right? I think so, man. It has I think to it work. goes hotel, estate, palace. Yeah, it. <laughs> I think that's about right. It was it was hectic, um, and the the boys stayed with us for a couple of nights, which was really cool. Just to sit down there to with them and like talk to them as real human beings. Um, I learned so much from them, as, um, <laughs> fucking hell. Um, as like from because they've made such a success of themselves in business and in their own little industry, 
Um, just sitting there listening to them talk, you learn so much. So I, I, I gained so much knowledge in such a short amount of time just from being around people that have succeeded already and that are willing to share and be honest and open with you. Um, so yeah, this week's been absolutely amazing. I've learned so much, like especially in the well in the filming stuff, man. You fast tracked me years, absolutely years. It's been fucking hectic. I lost years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so, glad. Yeah. I'm fucking. I think I think every job I age. So fuck it is. It is what it is. Yeah. But no, I, I think um, like I said in the car ride home, like I haven't. That there's not many things you can walk into. And whether they're going to work or not, it works. Like it was yeah. incredibly enjoyable. Like I think every aspect of it was fucking fantastic. And I think when you work with people who are unbelievably good at their craft, it, it honestly is easy. Yeah. You know? Well, I think- um, And like you said, it, it wasn't their first time. So they can nah. pick up on what you're trying to put down. So things yeah. just come together with so much fluidity. Yeah. Like it's just, it, it really, yeah. it really was an easy thing for them to do as well. Yeah. And I think, I think because of the fact that they gelled with us as well, like they felt super comfortable and they weren't like in this clinical environment where there's just like the production crew just walk around and like everything's so sterile and yeah. stand here, do this, do this, do oh, this. It was man, like- I think- Super natural, it was, it was, man. It was natural. It was fast and loose. If it didn't happen, it didn't happen. There was no second takes. And that's, to be honest with you, that's how I film everything that I film. Yeah. And it's how I shoot everything I shoot. The only time I direct something when I'm photographing at a wedding is when I'm doing portraits on location. And it's because sometimes you'll get clients that are a little bit disjointed and they might not be super into PDA. Yeah. So they don't want to stand too close. So what you've got to do is you've got to formulate a way for them to present well yeah, in a way that they're comfortable. So you find out their boundaries and limitations and then you, and then you work around them. And we the, did that. Yeah. And mate, we the best part about it was these dudes, their boundaries were, we're used to being filmed. Yeah. Just do what you have to do and we work around you. So, yep. you know, to the point where, you know, they're sort of, they, they were like they were working around me in a kitchen space, you know. Whereas I should have really been working around them because that's how it works. So yeah, they they were happy to like we like I they, um, the most accommodating yeah. group of people I've ever met. Yeah. So and Easy. and I think outside of work, I'd like to as much to make jokes about it with them. Yesterday is like as much I like. I reckon we just made fucking five mates as well. Basically, you know, that, that we can leverage off. Will Will's already scored himself a fucking. Table at a flash he restaurant. Did, man. That was hectic. So <laughs> Wade and I had to feed ourselves tonight. Yeah. Was, Will, Will got a nice table at a restaurant yeah, in right. the fanciest part of Brisbane with his family. Well, we fucking ate megaring. Yeah, I had Serena canned tuna. <laughs> my and my sixty fifth bag of leafy mix this week. <laughs> no more leafy mix, man. Yeah. There's there's four half full bags in there. So yeah, my fridge is just leafy mix eggs. <laughs> And underripe mush, uh, underripe avocados, and, oh, no, and grapes that have been left on my bench for a week. So, <laughs> I mean, Wade's a Wade's a cereal cereal <laughs> grape ruiner. Don't leave grapes around him. He left my grapes on the bench. They went dry and they're ruined. So, no good. Will broke my car. So, the trip the trip for me at a, as a business was fucking horrendous. <laughs> Fuel's expensive. My car got broken and my grapes are dry, but. Wade and Will both probably learnt something and can take away from it. So I think for myself, 
uh, at a personal level, like I said, with filling your cup, like I can, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty happy. I was yeah. pretty stern with my rule set about how to work around me and probably <laughs> got grumpy sometimes, but at the same time, I think that's how it's got to be Man. because you learn you learn how to work. If that, not, yeah. not saying you guys are doing anything wrong, but it's just- yeah, this it, just it should make no man. If you think about it, it makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent. Because a lot of the stuff that we shoot is like super outdoors, so I can't have lights and I can't. Yeah. I can't mic people up and I can't. I can't set things like I. I can't pre-plan too much, um, because it's sort of super like develops on the spot type thing. So this was really cool to to be a part of. And to be honest, like, or you were sitting next to me, I had a moment where I was just like super frustrated. You with became myself. overwhelmed. With- yeah the task at hand which yeah. I had to bring you back and you think about one thing at a time yeah one thing at a time yeah I was super overwhelmed with like I was just I was just frustrated because and it was when I when I sat back after it after I had my moment and stuff I was like that's normal because I'm putting myself outside of my comfort zone because I need to to be able to grow so it ended up it, it's beneficial to do that but at the time it was super fucking frustrating because um I felt not. I wasn't incapable. That's not the right choice of words. Incapable was definitely the wrong word. I think yeah. you just you, it was just, it was you just, were over. I, in, if I had to put it in my perspective, you overthought a process. Yeah, and thought yourself out of that process so much that you couldn't go. Fuck! It's so simple. Yeah, I think. Um, and right. I've been there. I've been there even after doing it. I think I knew what hundreds it, of fucking times. I've been there, and I and and, and if I'm in a situation like. I don't know. I don't know why, but for me, the highest pressure situations are weddings. And oh fuck yeah, they would be, wouldn't they? And I think that's because I hold myself so so accountable. You have to. And if something's not going the right way on a wedding, how I I I, I see it visually, it starts to fucking really eat at me. And what I mean by that is, if if a location is absolutely fucking bogus but they insist that's where we do it. And I know that I can't make it work to the level that I want to make it work. That's when it eats me up inside. Yeah. And that, and to be honest with you, that's when I get frustrated and probably become less good well, at the end of the day. to deal with for that client as well because yeah. I'm, I, that's when I start having that, that thing that you were having, you know. Yeah. And it becomes really fucking hard to deal with. Yeah. Because so, I, I sort of knew, I knew what was needed and I knew I had a reasonable idea of the workflow and stuff. It was the depth of it. Yeah. Like there, there's just, there's there's details and like it went into the shit like yourself explaining like basically human behavior to me. Yeah. With like how to think about shots and stuff. Like I knew the shots. I, 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 had, a, I had a good idea of, of what we needed, but how to actually achieve that in a way that's super. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're right. Oh, then the secondy. Yeah. Second. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Another, another pepper jack. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I fucked up with not the Pinot, but it's yeah, only, like it's only because I'm not drinking. Yeah, the 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 depth the depth of understanding that you need, and it, it, that's just experience in the field. Um, and it's the same thing with piece of cameras. I, I would have probably probed questions. You would have gone, "What the fuck's he even talking about?" But the reason is because Tough. it's you got to go. You sometimes you got to step away from the who, what, where, when, why, and start to ask things. And that's the yeah yeah. That's and where I identified because I operate by the who, what, when, where, why mate, to tell a story. 90% of my business is who, what, where, when, why. And it 
I think you learn that in fucking primary school. Yeah. And I think I learned long division in high school. I'll be fucked if I know how to do long division, but the who, what, where, when, why is, well, believe it or not, it's what makes me money now. Yeah. So it's it's, it's the base of storytelling, man. Well, exactly right. And I think, so it's, it's pretty crazy to revert back to that and think 70% of my business is probably based on who, what, where, when, why. Yeah. No long division. So if you're yeah. in school and they bring you that, <laughs> get rid of them. <laughs> we'll do the cat noise. <laughs> That's clean as day. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree 100%, man. Like um, it was a huge eye-opener for me anyway. And yeah, at, at the time, I didn't hate it. At the time, it was difficult. But I feel like being comfortable is is not correct. Cause yeah, no, not at all. Like, and that's it promotes. Let's go growth. back to where the where this conversation first started. Yeah, a fucking mundane nine to five, comfortable. Yeah, like I love. I love nothing. Nothing is easier in life than knowing how much you're going to get paid every fucking Thursday, and your super and your leave and all that bullshit. Because when you're fucking broke on Wednesday, you know what's coming on Thursday. Yeah. Yep. So you're so, so comfortable in life. And I think so many people just, that's it. They go, fuck, that'll do. Yeah. And then you work. Then all of a sudden. retire. I don't know. Yeah. Like, is that, like, I don't, again, when you said, where is this industry going? I don't know my retirement plan yet, but I'm happy to ride the wave that is keeping me happy and keeping my cup full and keeping me content for as long as I can. And because I don't have anything tying me down, I can 100% have fluid movement. I can change, I can shift, I can adapt. And I will continue to do that for as long as I can. And then when shit hits the fan, plant section at Bunnings. I'm fucking- That's the other thing too, man. Or snags. Yeah, fucking- (laughs) If I ever see fucking <laughs> and onions go on top, they fucking oath they do. Whoever, yeah, that 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 ruined sausages on bread. Um, they actually came back last week. Did they? Yeah. So that is a proof. COVID is almost over. Oof. So the restrictions have eased so much that you can now get a snag at Bunnings, which is pretty serious gear if you're into snags. Yeah, until someone sues you when you slip on a fucking onion. Um, not, not when I'm making them. <laughs> lost my train of thought. Held, um, they're held in by sauce, <laughs> mustard and tomato. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like I feel, I feel like people people get so caught up in the in the comfort and don't actually live. That's what I'm shit scared. Like I'm shit scared already that I haven't done enough, seen enough, not doing enough, and everything like that. Oh, think about this. You're going to die anyway. That's So yeah. do what you fucking want to do. Yeah. And like that was the, you know, I, for my first year of business, all I cared about was how much money I could earn. And I can earn money. It's possible. I can earn money and do this and do that. And then the second year, it started slowing down. And by year three, I had a conversation with one of my really good mates, Alex, who is very, very, very financially driven. That's why he does what he does. Yeah. And he said, how are you scaling? How are you growing? How are you doing this? And I said, man, this year, my biggest fucking goal is to be healthy. And he went, what? 
And I said, man, I want to fix my stomach. I want to be happy. I want to sleep at night. Because That's people all I care about. And he yeah. went, what about growing as a business? And I said, I'm, I'm fuck, I don't yeah. care. It's because people are so narrow-minded, man, that they don't, they don't realize the broadness of that. So, so you look at, okay, you improve your health, which means you improve your mindset, which mm. means you're more productive, which yeah. means that flows onto your business, which means you're working with less effort for more, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Like people devalue things that are, are like distantly connected to the thing you're trying to achieve yeah, for sure. long-term and people don't look like far enough down the track, like goes back to the conversation with the kids doing – Fifty dollar car shoots. Yeah, man. If and I understand you're fucking seventeen, man. You don't know what you're doing. Um, but if you, if you, and I hope this. But when I was seventeen, I was doing them for free. Just yeah. to put that out there. Yeah. So <laughs> if like, I could have got fifty bucks, fucking, you know, that was getting spent on a carton of UDLs or something. Dumb. <laughs> and that's the thing, though. And like, I feel, I hope some seventeen year old kid listens to this. But to be able to to have the forward thinking to plan and say like in five years time I want to be doing this for more yeah so like oh for sure do it for 50 but be thinking about a strategy so like me doing that for 50 what does doing that in five years time get me like doing this now to benefit me later is always the way I reckon well this is you doing this now outside of what your old nine to five world was might increase your quality of life Already has. And you're happier. Yeah. You might work for a fuck load less, but just be more content with what you're doing. Mm. And I already am. Yeah. And I think that's, that's again, like I, I don't even know how many times I've got to say, fucking fill your own cup. Don't worry about anyone else's cup. Fill your own. You have to fill your own first before you can put it in anyone else's oh, anyway. Mate, if you don't want to put it in anyone else's, don't. If you want to, like, I don't know. That's... My energy, my energy right now goes into my life. Yeah, everything goes into my life. The f- and like I said, I'm at a point where I realise I need to, I need to probably be more present with my family because I need to enjoy that as much as I possibly can before it's gone. Because everything yeah. has a time limit. The fact that you've, but, but yeah, the fact that you've identified that, and this is another thing that, that, that where I think people don't want to self-analyze because they they don't like picking on themselves. So. If you pull back and look at something, a situation objectively and you go, fuck man, like I need to see my family and then just walk away and go do something else or you go, fuck man, I actually need to see my family and think about it like when was the last time I seen yeah. my mum? When was the last time I seen my dad? Because like you could end up like me. I was very lucky because I spent heaps of time with my dad so I don't have heaps of regrets, hardly any. Mm. But what if, what if I didn't see my dad for three or four years oh. and then he fucking died? Yeah. And I, we weren't we weren't distant, and we didn't dislike each other. There wasn't any bad blood. Yeah. But I didn't see him and get to say the things I wanted to do, the things I wanted to do. And next minute, he's fucking dead. Yeah. That was the sobering fact for me, where I was like, his his death, as bad as it was, was a huge turning point in my life for saying, "Listen, man, stop fuck assing around." Like I was, I was, I was like, "Oh, I kind of want to do this, and I kind of want to do that, and I'll try this, and I'll try that." And I was like. When he passed away, I was like, no, can't commit. Because yeah. he used to always say, I wish I did or I could have done or yeah. I should have done. And by his age, it wasn't feasible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you listen to Rob Dial, the Mindset Mentor, yep. by chance? Yep. So I listen to his podcast every day. That's my driving podcast that sometimes I absorb all of it. Sometimes I look out the window and go, holy fuck, I just drove 25 minutes and I don't know where I am. Like it just 
you know how you yeah man get in a car and drive and then you just you you get to where you got to go and you're like oh yeah well, I don't know how I got here one of those one of those ones but he's got one that's headlined is the world getting better or worse and he explains his assumption right now through everything we're going through internationally is the world is actually getting better and it's like ripping off a band-aid yeah so what he says is if you're fucking fat or obese probably the more applicable way to say it if you're obese and you have a heart attack what's the and you survive if you're lucky enough to survive what's the first thing you do instant lifestyle change to dramatically lose weight to better your life yep so when bad shit fucking happens it's generally an eye-opening tool to change the way that you live your life to become a better person or do better things or to readapt your lifestyle to be the best version of yourself losing someone is a fucking horrible horrible way to do it yeah but it's also a way of fucking changing who you are as a person. And like you just said, unfortunately, it was your father you lost, which all due respects fucking sucks and my condolences go to you. But if you're saying that's what gave you the drive within to yeah. change the person. So my, my biggest thing around mindset shift is I want to alleviate frustration from my life. Yep. I'm easily frustrated and I think it's because I have the problem. Your high I, energy too. Where though. I... Where I everything has to be fast yeah and so that's the biggest thing that i'm trying and and like you said about people are afraid to self-analyze yeah and, and accept that there's something going on i know i'm too easily frustrated yeah so you can either be you can do it two ways so you can go like this is who i am fuck everybody else no and then that i'd rather yeah yeah exactly i'll be frustrated for the rest of my fucking life that's how i've lived the last 28 years. Exactly. And people have gone, he is an asshole. Or people go, oh, no, that's what he's like. Yeah. So the people who know me know that. The people who don't know me go, he's blunt, he's an asshole. Yeah. And I'm fine with fucking being the blunt asshole. And it's because I'm not going to pretend ever. Yeah. And I'd never lie to someone about mm -hmm. what I thought about him. Yep. And that's, that's fucking plain as day. And some people go, oh, my God, I respect that so much. And yeah. I, there's no point ever, ever, ever being fake in this world. Nope. Because it gets you nothing. And Probably it'll get no you burnt. 100%. It'll fucking, it, that's the thing. It'll just get you burnt. So I reckon in the 100% of people I've met, 50 like me, fucking 50 don't. Yep. And I don't fucking care. You don't have to like everyone. Just be respectful. Exactly. And right. that's it, man. You don't exactly have to be friends. Right. You just know, be, and, just, yeah. And that's the thing. There's like, again, reverting back to the internet, there's so many things you can read that make you understand in general society, what yeah. works and what doesn't. Yep. And being a cunt doesn't work. No. No way. It doesn't no get way. you anything. Even if you have the fucking highest profile, it doesn't work. Yeah. I wish we could name and shame that MC from last night. Eh? Oh, there we, yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, I'm probably, when I say I want to help everyone, I'll, I'll 90% of, yeah, we're good. I'll help you. But that there's guys still always going to be 10% of me that goes, fuck, like, Leave me alone. I'm trying to have a break here, you yeah. Know? So if if you get a if you get a weird bite from me, don't take it to heart. It's probably because I'm just fucked. I'm yeah. probably just burnt out. But I pre I prefer people like because you know where you stand. Yeah, but no, and no one's going to talk yeah. bullshit around behind your back. Yeah, I think that's that's probably a really good way yeah. to think about it as well. But like I said, it's just yeah. I'm I'm not offended by people who don't like me. No, and I think that's how everyone should be because so many people are concerned about what other people think. 
Mm. If you can make yourself happy and the people that are in your immediate right circle will come to your life. Immediate circle. Why the fuck should someone you don't know like you? Yeah. They don't need to. No. And they don't need to pretend. That's like when a yeah. like when a celebrity dies. Yeah. And we're like, oh my God, it's so sad. Is it fucking sad? Are you actually sad? You're or not are sad. Actually- you, you're not sad. Or are you actually just disappointed because that content that they're putting out isn't there anymore? It's the same thing. If you fucking, if you buy a $700 Balenciaga hat, does the guy from Balenciaga go, fuck, I appreciate that guy who bought that? No. Yeah. Buy something off one of your mates. There's a fucking high chance one of your mates has a brand. There's a high chance one of your mates has a business. Go to them. They will appreciate it. They'll be the guy who gives you a fucking hug when you're upset. Yeah. The fucking whoever, I don't even want to know who runs Balenciaga. One, because I don't know. Two, because I don't give a fucking three. The shit is disgusting. <laughs> I don't like, get a grip. Get a grip. Buy, buy nine of your mate's fucking shirts. You know why? Because he'll be able to feed himself. He'll be able to fucking feed his That'll family. That'll get you the zipper off a Balenciaga jacket. <sighs> It'll get you nothing. <laughs> you can't even get on Balenciaga's. You can't even get on their website with 900 bucks. You're, <laughs> you're fucking locked out. They check, your, they check your bank account before you get on there. I can't get on. Uh, it's fucked. But yeah, I think that's that's the biggest thing is circles, man. Yeah. It's all li- that- yeah. Life, life is circles. You can have 100 circles, one giant circle, and you need a be- tiny circle, but have a circle, make it count. But you need to be accepting of, of those circles changing too as you change. Yeah, well, yeah. I think so. And that's the thing. Let, let, it, let it shape, let it adapt. Like I said before, people when I, when I don't want to party, people stop calling me and they're still my mates. They're always yeah. going to be my mate and I'm always going to be there for them. But that's the same just, thing. They, yeah. they stay your mates. You don't shit where you eat. No. You just... No. And have the, yeah, have the respect. I think it all yeah. ties back into to what I was saying about, the, about this job. Like I feel like... I wasn't incapable. What I think what the daunting thing was, and I thought about this today, is I think what the daunting thing was is you're obviously a way higher skill set than me. So, um, but I'm not. I wouldn't say it's a higher skill set. We we can both hold a camera. We can both film. We both understand how it works. I have done it thousands more times than you. Yeah, I think so. You imagine there's a bike jump and I've jumped it a hundred times. You're going to go jump it the first time. Yeah. You're going to wig the fuck out. Exactly. How fast do you go? What do you do? Do you lift up? Whatever. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, a lot of it, like the outdoor side of this job, I was was fine. You're at home. I was sweet as. I wasn't, it wasn't a drama. Mm. It's the, I don't know what, what, what you call that type of shit, but that style of stuff, I was like, fuck man. And I, I wasn't, it wasn't like I was trying to compete with you or anything like that. It was just like, fuck man like i was looking at you work and i was like that's the level i need to be at and it was frustrating because i wasn't there yep and it's because i care so much about what i'm trying to achieve that i feel like i should be there no passion passion's good yeah but i think i like i've definitely been in the same place with frustration subject to knowing that i can 100% do it, but it's not happening in front of me. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. And when you when you sit down and edit, it might be the exact same thing. You're going in your head, fuck yeah, I know I've got this. This is going to be mint. And then you look at it and if it's not how you remember it or it's not how you wanted it, it's going to really, really dishearten you. Yeah. Really, really dishearten you. And trust me, I still get it all the fucking time. Yeah. Because 
there's discrepancies in things that you do that you can't control. Yeah. And, well, in a way you can control them, but there's there's some things that just don't work how you think that It's normally like an afterthought, eh? I got up this morning at six o'clock to shoot at one specific, <laughs> which isn't early. Fucking. No, it's not. It's early when you've just done five 16-hour days in a row. Mm. But I got up to shoot one specific shot. I put slides on. I walked up there in my fucking pajamas and I shot the shot and I did the whole thing in one record. I didn't even press pause because there was three minutes left on a memory card. And Oops. it's within great confidence not a single second of that will be used because I do not like it. Yeah. But I did it because I knew I needed it and I knew if I didn't try... Three days later, I would have went, fuck, I wish I got that shot. Yeah. So it, it, I guess it's a it's a let me down easy process, but it could also really fucking work. It could mold perfectly with clips I shot two days beforehand, which is what I was trying to emulate. So you never know. Yeah. Um, good things come to those who try. And if you don't try, no, well, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Force yourself out of your comfort zone. And I, I, would, I would rather try and fail. Yeah. Then not try and go, fuck, I wish I did it. And I think that's, for me, is a, is a massive, massive yeah. thing. Because Like, same thing as me quitting. Like, legit, man, like, I worked and got this, this job at Yamaha. I literally, when I got it, I was like, this is it. This is this is my dream job. I'm here you for know? life. I could, that's what they called you. They yeah. called you a lifer. And I, I felt I would have had the ability to weasel my way around the world with these guys because they offered opportunities like that between Japan and New Zealand, potentially Europe, stuff like that. That was my, my goal with that as a career was to work internationally through yeah. Yamaha, which was the possibility. But what I also, my other goal was also, if I'm not happy at work, I need to do what makes me happy. And unfortunately, yeah. that came first. Yeah. For, for my career path at Yamaha. Yeah. Not unfortunately for me, because now I work for myself and... When I step away from all the bullshit that is actually running my own business and doing it, I'm, I am happy. Yeah. Yep. But it's a hard thing to do. You got it like life is balance. Work life is balance. That's the other thing. It's three years and I'm still trying to find it. I don't think and, you'll ever stop, man. Cause I, well, you, I, don't, I don't think I, I – crazy enough, I've never asked anyone. No. Nah. I'd, I'd love to ask Ben Godfrey who's been doing – Forever. Fucking – Literally forever. I'm I'm literally so. Uh, AFC Australian Fishing Championships. He was a he was a camera operator. He was a, I think he was a fisherman on it first and won all their brim shit and then became a camera operator. He's evolved and moved on and I've got picked up in the whitewash of him and now I'm doing what he was doing, which is crazy to even think of it in in that kind of perspective. But I'd love to I'd love to sort of to pick his brain to see if he's at the point where he goes, I've found the balance. Yeah. And he probably and, has. And the the balance is most likely to take on less work. Yeah. To stop saying yes. But one thing I can recommend is be a yes man if it offers, and I fucking hate the word opportunity. It gets used way too much. But I, I, I can't think of something that represents opportunity other than the word opportunity. So be the yes man who says yes to opportunities that can help you grow, yeah. that can assist in your growth, that can assist in your skill set. If it doesn't do that, say no. 
That's, that's there is no nope. fucking need in your life to do things outside of the scope that help you grow. I am, that that is actually a really clean cut way of putting it, man. And it ties it ties in exactly what I was saying, like short term pain, long term gain. Well, how about this? If it does no good, it is no good. I mean, that's fucking. That's what my dietitian told me about alcohol. So, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Drink, I'm drinking a Shiraz. But, you know, if it does no good, it is no good. And I thought about that. I went, you know what? That fucking hits home because when I was if, – if I if I go out on a Friday night and I fucking put 30 beers away, yeah. Saturday's a write-off. Sunday's healing. Monday, my brain still feels still marsh, underdeveloped. Yep. So what's just happened? I've just lost three days of my life to one good night. Yeah. Why don't I just do – Three nights of two beers. Yeah. Yep. Three beers. Well, it's fucking you can you can and, and you don't miss any social event. All you miss is the carry on that happens after eleven o'clock, which yeah. is when shit fucking hits a fan. Yeah. When you're prone to sustaining injuries. Like the last time I gave it a good nudge on the piss, I tore my groin on a bean shooter. <laughs> like I, like what the fuck? That's like, a way better story than Megan. Yeah, I, I come off a scooter, fucking full berries on the front lawn in West End, did my groin. Like no good, no good. But yeah, yeah, fuck. That's still better than me. Well, no, actually, maybe not, because I just get into scraps. No, oh, well, I've got screws in my ankle, subject to alcohol as well. So, I think poor decisions come with poor decisions, and that's. It's a flowing. It's a slippery slope. Think it's about this: good decisions come from good decisions. If you woke up and you're happy, you're healthy, mm. you're probably going to have a good day. If you're hungover, you're grumpy, you feel like shit, your day's going to suck no matter what you do. The only uplifting thing you're going to do is a zinger box until you eat it with with cheese. Until you eat it, no no dairy for you. No, then you just go to bread. You got to go to bread. You got to you got to you go to bed with regret. It's as simple as that. That's, yeah. that's my plan. I, if I drink Friday, I wake up at 3 p.m. How, how bad? At 4 p.m. I have a man. zinger. At 5 p.m. I go to bed. I wake up on Sunday happy as – well, actually, I'm pretty sick still. Yeah. I got how, to get rid of a zinger. How but, bad is fucking being hungover the next day and being filthy at yourself because you don't get out of bed till 2 p.m.? Uh, I fucking That's hate. pretty bad, but also to put into my, my terms of what I do as a job, if I'm hungover and I'm not there – mentally or physically and I film I will look at what I do when I'm going to edit and I do nothing but shake my head because it 100% alters the way that I perform 100% and I guess it works the same as anything Yep. if you're a fucking F1 driver and you got on the Terps the night before there is no way you're driving a car good no no fucking way no if you're a it takes your body a long time to process oh. that shit. As much as you're like, oh yeah, I, so feel- I think I think it's three days. There's no such thing as protein synthesis in your body no. after you drink heaps of piss. No. Which means if you train, it does nothing. Don't fucking drink because that's why you're wasting your time. Roids. That's yeah. That's probably what steroids are for. So <laughs> macho man can have fucking a couple of martinis. Yeah, you know, like I don't know. It's 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 a crazy thing. I think my biggest focus this year is. Eat my greens, drink less piss, try and work a little bit less to find a balance because the balance will actually create growth within myself and my business. Don't be a snake. Smile more. Love my family. Drink less piss. And I'll put that in there twice. <laughs> twice. Fuck, I love drinking piss. Yeah. Don't, um, you know, 
yeah, just don't do shit that doesn't benefit you. Oh, and if people appreciate you, appreciate them. Like yeah. if someone's giving you a leg up, fuck, they're the, they should mean the world to you. Yeah. Like they, let them be the holy grail of people that you hang out with because that's a, a true friend will help you grow. A, a shit friend who, well, a, a shit person will hold you back. So, Identify those and shit can those motherfuckers. Oh, fuck. Do a day. Like I see everyone on Facebook is like, if you're reading this, you haven't been culled. I've just culled 400 people. Fucking do that in real life. Actually, if there's someone who's no good and they're just toxic to what you're trying to do and what you're trying to achieve in real life, you don't need to blatantly say to their face, you're cut off from me. Just fucking yeah. limit limit your conversation with them or limit your communication. Yep. And watch how much better things get for you. Yeah. When you remove yourself from toxic places, there is way less toxicity. Yeah. Well, I just unfollowed like five, eight people this afternoon. And not out of, they weren't toxic or anything like that, but I just don't enjoy their content. But that oh. doesn't mean, that doesn't mean I won't bump into them down the street and have a beer. Like, oh, it's a, yeah, exactly, like, exactly you know I mean? right. People I just, need I to just identify that as well. If, uh, yeah. That's if, a whole other fucking it, rabbit hole. But. I won't even, that's a rabbit hole, I'd never go down. Fuck the, fi- the fishing industry. No. If anyone listens to this outside the fishing industry, stay out. It's fucking horrible. It's horrible. I but, think it's any industry, but man, like, oh, it's made up like the marine, like every. I think everything's I a think lot every smaller industry, than people think. Shit, shit is. I think that's a that's a that's a problem when it's driven by politics and even crazier than politics is ego, because fishing and ego, two peas yeah. in a pod. Most things are ego, man. I feel yeah, like yeah. Look, I don't see any fucking macho men walking around with cameras, bro. So. Well, I'm, I'm pretty happy if if we can do this and stay in our lanes, all gravy. So it's but, me fine. But yeah, there's there's some fucking macho men out there casting around rods. That's no good for anyone's health. But yeah, like you said, rabbit hole, not going down it. Your podcast can't do that because <laughs> people get upset. It's the internet, and on the internet, people can just thrive. So yeah, leave, the- get get rid of that. And yeah, like I said, eat your greens. Love your family, love yourself. Self if it doesn't do anything, fuck if it, if it does no good, it is no good. That's all I'm going to say. If it does no good, it is no good. We've nearly been gone for two hours. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> How do people find your shit, man? What are you all about? Uh, if Weddings. Fuck. No, weddings, you can jump on just amckphoto.com.au for anything else business related fishing boating marine commercial content real estate you name it i'd probably do it it's amckcreative.com.au that's also that my instagram handle is at amckcreative if you want to hit me on a personal level andrew mckinstray i'm an open book if you need help i will help you if you want to have a yarn i'll have a yarn if you want to go for a beer, I will have one beer and one soda water. <laughs> I like to keep a fine balance in this day and age. <laughs> and as I said, turning 30 soon, so it's coming. Fucking, I'm going to throw you. My, my impending doom is arriving Surprise, soon. Surprise 30th. My, my impending, yeah, well, there you go. I'll see you all on my 30th. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Thanks for your time, man. i got mad respect. Um, and that'll go a long way. So I actually have a better.